Welcome to Hillcrest Chapel Audio. We hope today's message will help you grow. Grace and peace to you. Um, my name is Tim, if we haven't met before, and we this this fall we've been doing this series of teachings on this 2,000-year-old letter, which is kind of mind-blowing when you think about it. But this pioneer in the Jesus movement, his name was Paul, was imprisoned for his work in the Jesus movement. And he wrote this letter to his friends in a Roman colony of Philippi, uh, these Jesus followers there. And this letter, uh, Jesus followers through the centuries have considered, they've, they found these words, a kind of power in them. that They consider it the very kind of words of God to us about who God is and what he's doing. And now we are studying that and listening to what God might be saying to our lives here and now. And so we're going to be continuing in Philippians this morning. And we are going to be uh, in Philippians chapter 3, if you want to follow along. We're, we'll get there in a minute, but if you want to flip there, Philippians is way to the right. It's after Ephesians and before Colossians in the New Testament. And if you don't, if you don't have a Bible and you would like one, we would love to provide you with one. We have Bibles in the back by the sound booth, so feel free on your way out this morning to grab one. Uh, we, we'd, um, and if you want to have one in your hand, we'd love to put one in your hand. So... Um, before we get to the text this morning, has anyone noticed that there is this, uh, you know the word hack, like computer hacking, that this word is getting used in more and more um, settings in life. Like you read articles online, how to hack, you know, what your wardrobe or your whatever, right? I, I went on Amazon this week and I just put um, hack your and just search what books are there. There's all, there's hundreds of books. But here are some of the ones, like just the first page that popped up. Um, Hack your motivation. Over 50 science-based strategies to improve your performance. Apparently, like performance in everything. I don't know. But um, hack your reader's brain. That's apparently for authors. Um, Hacking engagement. 50 teacher tools that will make your students love class. Uh, The little book of life hacks. How to make your life happier, healthier, and more beautiful. I bought that one. Um, no, not really. Um, there's one titled Marriage Hacks, uh, Parent Hacks, apparently, yeah, Hack Your Kids, I mean, uh, Hack Your Fitness, and then Hack Your Bible, which I don't know where, how you, that works, but, um, but these, all these, you read articles and the books, Hack This, Hack That, and the, and the idea, right, the idea is that for any one of these things, there's some kind of trick or shortcut by which you can gain control over this thing or this person to get your desired outcome. And the, the value that's driving it is values of like to be more effective and efficient, to get your desired ends more quickly with less work, right? get control of this thing to get your desired outcome quickly, efficiently, effectively. And I'm, and I'm not saying that any of these are like, I, I don't know, I haven't read these books. I don't, I'm not saying that they, they're, they're kind of this bad in and of itself. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is I think this is symptomatic of something that a lot of thinkers have said has been taking place in modern Western culture over the last few centuries. That there's this movement, and Christian and non-Christian thinkers alike have said, this thing is happening in modern Western society. 
And I think this is symptomatic of that. But this thing that people have noticed is happening is that we relate to one another, we relate to the world, we relate to ourselves in more and more machine-like terms. That, that, I mean, even, even the metaphor of, of, you know, hacking, it's a computer metaphor that we can kind of like get behind and get control of it and make what we want happen. And so... Um, what people have noticed is that it kind of in our world today, these certain values have been elevated that haven't always been elevated. So in our world today, like how you do things, doing things effectively and efficiently, is, that's a greater value than just who we are in and of ourselves as people. And what you're doing and what you can accomplish, is that, that question gets asked a lot of times before, why are we doing things? What's even worth doing? Or maybe to put it bluntly, like, like a lot of times we get valued more on our, our skills and our techniques than on things like character and virtue. That there's this kind of this machine-like quality of humans relating to one another. Something's shifting. Non-Christians, Christians, all sorts of thinkers have noticed this shift. And there's a sense that something is being lost. And I want to talk today, I want to talk about uh, formation of people. I want to talk about character formation, identity formation, and spiritual formation. And the idea that I think we're going to see come out of the, this letter from Paul to his friends in Philippi is there's this, this, this idea that uh, spiritual formation is caught more than it's taught. In fact, I would, if, if you're taking notes, if you like to write things down, the, the big idea that I'm going to talk about today is that the way of Jesus is caught more than taught. I want to explore that with you this morning. And so we're going to, I want to go now and look at this text from Philippians. We're going to be in Philippians chapter 3. We're going to be in verse 17. You can follow along on the screens or in the Bible uh, that you brought. So Paul writes, Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. Just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, Stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. So Paul, last week we were reading the section right before this, and Christian talked about how Paul, right before this, is kind of he's open, he's told part of his life story. He re, he talked about some of his greatest failings. He talked about how he's still a work in progress, and he talked about his passion for Jesus, his love of and trust in Jesus. And now, right after this, he says, "Now imitate me." And I want to focus on this this first sentence that we read, verse seventeen. Join together in following my example. He says, "Imitate." My example. This idea pops up a number of times in the letter. Just a little bit after what we read in verse 9, he says it in another way. He says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, 
put that into practice. This idea of image, you've watched my light, you've seen my life up close and personal, now imitate it. Let's go back to verse 17 there. So he says, he says, you've seen my life up close and personal, imitate it. And he says, not only that, but look around for other people who live in this same way of Jesus that you've seen in us and, and keep your eyes on them. Let them be models to you. Now, I want to focus on this word model for a second. Um, in the Greek, the word that it, for model there is tupos. Tupos, and you could translate it model or example or pattern. And, uh, but it's a certain kind of model. The, the kind of the, 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 it, the background of the word is of a, it's also used of like a stamp pressed into wax or a mold that you press clay into. It's this, this, this pressing, shaping term. Because there's other times, like, there's other kinds of models or example. you know, for example, the, the idea of a blueprint is, it, that takes place at a distance, right? You've got a blueprint here, and then over here you build something. But a stamp or a mold, it, 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 the way it works is in closeness, in proximity, in being pressed together. And so Paul's using this kind of language of something being pressed, imprinted on something else. He says, let my life imprint itself. Let, watch those, be near to those so that, that their way of Jesus may press into you. And I think the, the assumption that Paul is working with here is that the way of Jesus is caught life on life more than it's taught it's not merely information to be conveyed. It's not merely a set of skills or techniques to be mastered. It requires character, the, the life of someone walking after Jesus, and that life being shared, pressed into another person's life. Maybe a question for us to ask this morning would be, who are you putting your imprint on? A number of us in this room are, are in different kind of leadership roles where we, we are asked to put our imprint on others. A number of us are, are in kind of church leadership roles. Maybe we have people in here who, who um, help in treasure land with our kids downstairs on Sunday mornings or 412, our middle and high school ministry. Or our number might be Corfas. That's our, our, our college small groups or small group leaders. Or maybe you help with royal family, our ministry to, to, to foster kids. And may, or maybe there's something else even beyond those things where you're, 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 you're called to put your imprint on others. And I, I would want to say, I would want to say to you, I, I, I think there's this belief that can creep in when we're in these roles, that we need, like we need to get these skills to do it better, to lead the right kind of discussion or know just the right kind of conversation to have. That the how-to is the most important thing. And I think what we're hearing in Paul is that how, the most important thing is who you are, your character, your love of Jesus, your courage, your integrity, your humility, your ability to say, I'm sorry, your willingness to serve, your genuine concern for those that you're working with. Though our, who we are has more of an impact. It presses into people more than the how the, the how to's or the skills or the techniques. Because the way of Jesus, it's caught more than taught. Paul says it in another letter. This is one of these lines that's always just kind of captured my imagination. He, he, he's, uh, 
There's another community of Jesus followers in a different part of Macedonia in the city of Thessalonica that he's writing another letter to. And to the, his friends in Thessalonica, he says it this way. He says uh, in 1 Thessalonians 1.9, Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. I love these. I, like we love you. We, like we share our life with you. Who do you know that needs someone to share life with? Like I think when I think about you know when I think about kids coming up through our church community, like the 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 thing they need most, they don't need like the slickest curriculum or the people who have mastered the right order to ask the questions in. Like those are fine, those are good. There's nothing wrong with those things. But what they really really need is men and women who are pursuing Jesus, and men and women of integrity, like our genuine, humble, servant-heartedness, who will share, who will open up life and share life with them. That's why, that's why in, in, in all, throughout all our ministry, like Treasure Land, we have lots of adult leaders in 412. They've got tons of leaders because it's not about a program. It's not, that the, what imp, puts an imprint on people's lives isn't a big, pro, it's about life on life. They need to know an adult who loves Jesus and loves them and will share life with them. Because the way of Jesus is caught more than taught. Paul, he didn't make this up. Paul didn't just, he didn't just kind of come up with this all by himself. This goes right back to the way, to Jesus himself. Mark, one of the authors of one of Jesus' biographies, um, was talking about Jesus' calling, his invitation to the 12 disciples, these 12 men who he invited to be his apprentices. And in Mark 3, uh, he's he's describing Jesus' call to these people to be his apprentices, and this is how he talks about it. Mark 3.14, it says, He, that is Jesus, appointed twelve that they might, what? Be with him. It doesn't say he appointed twelve that, that he might give them the requisite information. Although there was information. It doesn't say he appointed twelve that he could teach them the proper skills. Although there were skills. What does it say? He appointed twelve that they might be with him. Walk with him, laugh with him, sit at campfires with him, sing with him, go on boat rides with him, hike with him, watch him teach, watch him heal. Be with him. That this that that Jesus didn't walk around with like a hacking disciples for dummies book under his arm, like, oh, this is how I, you know, I make the right things happen in them. No, Jesus understood. Jesus understood the most powerful, impactful thing he had to offer people was himself. It wasn't a set of things that he would do. It was him, his very life, his, his love of the Father, his trust in the Father, his courage, his speaking truth, his compassion. This was what he had most to offer. And it was, he said, I want you to be with me. That will be how your life is molded by me. Who who has put their imprint on your life? Think about who has imprinted, who has put their 
imprint on your life. My guess is that it had more to do with the character of those men and women and your time with them than some kind of information they gave you. Some kind of skill. That, that if it, the, the teachers or the mentors or the coaches, the friends, the parents who most impacted your life, who imprinted on your life, who molded your life, my guess is it had to do with who they were, their character and their willingness to share their life with you. That that is what shaped you the most powerfully. Even more than the things that information they gave you and not that those are bad things but it's but that the spiritual formation is more caught than taught my guess is every one of us has been shaped by our parents in this room for good or for bad we've been shaped by them because we share a lot of life with them and it imprints and sharing life is forming there's a book um there's a book by a woman, Kara Powell. She's a professor at Fuller Seminary. And uh, Sticky Faith is the title of it. It's very good. Very good. I recommend it um, on parenting and, and sharing faith as, as parents. And, but in it, she references some research done by a Notre Dame sociologist. And uh, this guy, he did over 3,000 telephone interviews with kids and families. And then he did over uh, 250 in-person, face-to-face interviews. All around the area of formation of kids' spiritual faith. And just how does it work? How does it work in kids? And um, obviously it was multifaceted, it was complex. But he said, you know, if he summarized it in a sentence. This is the one thing that impacted kids more than anything else. And this, his name was Christian Smith. And this is how he summarized his findings. He said, when it comes to kids' faith, parents get what they are. When it comes to kids' faith, parents get what they are. Not what they teach, not what they make kids do, not what they take kids to. Parents get what they are. Because our character, who we are in and of ourselves, the way of Jesus is more caught than taught. That's what's going to have the greatest impact on the lives of people around us. And, and I'm not, it's not that it's a, some kind of inviolable law of the universe, right? That's not what I'm saying. Because we're dealing with human beings, Right? I mean, even Jesus, he had 12 apprentices. One of them, Judas, betrayed him to his death. So if your kids haven't done that yet, you are doing better than Jesus on that one. So it's not that it's like this automatic, right? But, but I think it captures this idea that the, 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 thing that the thing that most impacts the people around us is who we are and our willingness to share life with them, our opening up our, li- our character, our courage, our wisdom, our humility, our ability to say sorry, our, our compassion, those things in sharing life, that's going to imprint more on people around us than anything, any skill or technique or information that we can offer. When I think about, um, when I think about people who have impacted and formed me, um, I think about my dad. And... Uh, we probably talk once or twice a week on the phone and half for years. And we talk about, I talk about things like work and, you know, I'm doing this message or I have to run this meeting or I'm trying to figure out this, this issue. And, and it's helpful. Like, I enjoy his, kind of his ideas about it and his question asking. And, uh, 
But over the years, I'm, the thing that I'm going to take away from all that is not, man, my dad really helped me know how to start a message. Right? That's not what's going to impact me the most. What is impacting me the most is this cumulative care for me. Then when I call him, I know if at all possible, he's going to answer the phone and check in with me because he cares about me. That the time that he's given me, his willingness to share life with me, that is what has most formed me. Because the way of Jesus is caught more than taught. I just want to wrap up. Um, I want to wrap up with a few thoughts here at the end. Uh, if this is something that you're interested in exploring more, there's a book that I'd recommend. Henry Nouwen's book, In the Name of Jesus. It's like 80 pages long, very brief. Uh, has some of us read this book before? Yeah, a few, a few of us. Very, uh, very good. And he focuses a lot on this idea that um, what we, one, what God desires uh, in his relationship with us is to be present with us more than things he can get out of us. And two, the way we relate to others, the most powerful thing we have to give others is, is ourselves. Um, and our presence, and um, now it does a good job. If you, if you, uh, you can come up and look at this after service if you want. If you, and if you want to get one, I'd be happy to help you get a copy. Um, if you'd be interested in that. But I think the the last kind of the, the final idea that I want to just leave us with is, I wouldn't want you to leave this morning feeling like you had just kind of gotten some good advice, because ultimately. The, the story of Jesus, the story of Scripture, God's interaction with the world, is good news before it's good advice. It's good news. And the good news is that the, the good news is that the God of reality, the same Jesus who called his apprentices to be with him, that same God of reality, he, he stepped into reality, he stepped into human history to be with us. Like, God desires to be with you. God doesn't pursue you to get things out of you. God simply wants to be with you, be in relationship with you, to know you and be known by you. And the, the, the story of, the biblical story of God is not the story of us finding God, but it's a story of a God who seeks us out to find us. And we are people who are, can be found by Him. Not, God doesn't want to hack us and kind of make us do things to do his things in the world. That like God wants to get us on the phone and to know us, to be in relationship with us. And that's good news. And before we ever are with others and offer ourselves to others, first the living God of reality offers himself to us. And maybe um and maybe just to, I, I think I, I'd want to say this last thing to you all as well. Um, I don't know how you, like all what I've been talking about this morning, I don't know how you hear it. Maybe you think, oh yeah, it sounds nice, okay. I, I, what I've been talking, I really believe this idea that the way of Jesus is caught more than taught and who we are matters more than how we do things. I think this is so important in our lives today. I think we are in a Mississippi River that's drifting the opposite direction. And I think we are called to live differently into this. 
I think it's critical. I see it so many places. I think about, I think about those in our community of an older generation. And, and the messages, like when, you know, in our world today, when we say like efficiency and effectiveness matters and getting stuff done, then that, that has certain value implications for people who are retired. And in fact, even that word retirement, this idea of kind of checking out, that's not in the Bible. Scripture, God talks about eldering. Elders who have a lifetime of wisdom and of trusting God and of loving others, who are the most contagious ones amongst us. We need you. We need you to elder us. And it has a, and, and has a completely different implications of your value in this community than what the world has. And I do think about, I do think about things like parenting. And the insecurity, especially like of new parents of how are we going to do it? And I don't, you know, and do, do I know all the right information and the how-tos? And, and, you know, where does the car seat go? Does it go on top of the car? And, when, and what, what are we going to do when they go to college? They don't even have, you, know, you haven't even had your first child yet, but college. And you're like, you're like and I, you know, this idea to be able to say, hey, it's not like that your knowledge and your skills. And that's, it's nice to know those things, but, but you love God. And you are a person, a man, a woman of character, and you're going to do great. You're going to love your kid. You're going to share life with them. And who you are is going to matter a thousand times more to your child than your how-tos. Rest in who God is making you to be. I think about, I think about even our time with God, the way we relate to God, because we can even begin to put our relationship to Jesus in these terms. You know, like we want to, you know, go to scripture and like get our, tid, get our tidbit for the day or kind of our top tip to solve this problem for the day. Or, and, and, and where it's like, God, help me, you know, God, help me hack my thing that I'm facing. And, it, and it's like, and, and God is saying, I, like I'm happy. God's saying, I want to be with you. I want to be with you. That we could come and spend time in scripture and prayer and simply be with Jesus. Trusting that we don't have to necessarily learn the principle or the, the thing for the day, but simply time in Jesus' presence will put its imprint gently upon us. Our, our friends, our neighbors, like our friend that's in the cycle of destructive relationships, they need people not to know how to have the, the right kind of conversation our friends with anxiety and depression they don't need us to be experts in these things they need us to be people who love them who love god who share life with them because it's in that relationship that that will put its gentle imprint upon them the way of jesus is caught more than taught and i really believe it's good news i believe it's good news because it reveals god's heart towards us to be with us I believe it's good news because there's this, there's this resting that we can, we can come to a place of resting in who God is making us to be and trusting in that. Not feeling like we have to grab the results for ourselves. All right, let's pray together and we'll finish that way. Uh, Lord God, you, um, you pay us the audacious compliment of wanting to be with us. Wanting to know us, 
to walk with us, to be known by you. And frankly, sometimes I think it's, it, 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 it scares us, and we might even hide from that. But Lord, would, um, would we hear it this morning as a good invitation? Would you even this morning, would you be speaking to us? I pray if there's people in this room this morning, Lord, that just that simply need to be encouraged in this. God, if there's people that need to that have felt kind of the pressure that they're not kind of effective enough at something or efficient or they don't have the right skills yet. Lord, I pray that even this morning that you would just speak to them about who you are making them to be. And to trust in who you, how you're shaping them. And that simply who they are and their willingness to love and share life will have the greatest impact in those around them. Lord, release us. If there's, these, if there's just certain untruths that have gotten in their head, would you release us from them this morning and, 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 and confirm in us the truth that it's you, as we spend time with you, you're shaping us, you're making us into the kind of people that shape others simply by who we are. Lord, we open up our lives. We attentively listen to you here and now. In your name. Amen. Thanks for connecting with Hillcrest Chapel. For more info on this and other sermons, go online to hillcrestchapel.com or visit us at 1400 Larrabee Ave in Bellingham, Washington any Sunday morning, 9 or 11 a.m.